Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. Good evening and a warm welcome to Springboard, your virtual university. Tonight, if you have a dream that everyone else says is impossible, you will find out how to get started, defy all the odds, and go on to achieve it. I'm hanging out tonight with a woman whose life is devoted to travel. The last time we had Princess Umu Hatia in the studio, she had cycled from Accra to Tamale to raise funds to help build a school or to build a school in a deprived community. Since then, so much has happened, and she's currently traveling around the world. We'll find out how many countries she's been to and what experience is like. Get ready to embark on your own journey to achieve your dream as well. Yesterday at the University of Cape Coast, Springboard 2014 came to what is called a fitting climax. It marked the end of six weeks of travel that took us to all 10 regional capitals. And so in my 10 commandments segment tonight, I'm going to tell you 10 things I've learned about Ghana. My top 10 lessons about this beautiful country called Ghana. And some of them would really surprise you. 10 things I've learned about Ghana on our travels. You don't want to miss that segment later in the show. But let's start with our scripture verse for today, which is becoming a very interesting segment as well. And so here is a Bible verse, and I'm not going to give you the book, the chapter, and the book, and the verse. So just find out which one it is and let us know. And the first person to post it on my Facebook page will get a copy of the book. Which of the books? Five Talent Mentality. I think that's the book I'm going to give out today. Five Talent Mentality. Ahead of our discussion next week on talents and business. And so, this is the scripture for today. I know that whatever God does, it shall be forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it that men should fear before him. I know that whatever God does, it shall be forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. God does it that men should fear before him. If you know which book of the Bible and which chapter and verse this is, just post it on my Facebook wall. And I'm going to give a prize to the winner. And I'm going to call you and, and get that, that book to you. The book called The Five Talent Mentality. How to take your talent to the top onto the global stage. Springboard is a thematic radio seminar dedicated to raising a new generation of African leaders and executives using the medium of human capital development. This broadcast is put together by Legacy and Legacy. Your number one choice world-class corporate training and your superstition joy 99.7 FM. It is brought to you by the kind Kessie of EcoBank, the Pan African Bank with support from the Business and Financial Times and Technology Backing from Dream Oval. My name is Albert Okran, and from now till you graduate at 8 p.m., your personal value is bound to shoot up. I am guided on this broadcast by my virtual academic board comprising Comfort, the Registrar, with Ignatius and Matthew, putting things together right here in the studios of Joy 99.7 FM. How many countries in Africa have you traveled to? If you met a pretty woman and she and asked about her career and she told you she was a cyclist, what would you do? A pretty articulate and strong personality, what would you do? I know we are used to profiling people and, and, and telling by the appearance what career they are involved in. My guest for tonight rides bicycles for a living. Can you imagine? <laughs> Princess Omul Hatia Ibrahim Mahama is my guest for tonight. Princess came on the show a couple of years ago. I suspect 2011 must be, yes. And at that time, she had just ridden from Accra to Tamale. I was fascinated by that. And 
we hooked up because we did springboard together and touched the lives of people on the 2011 road show. Since then, she's been doing so many things and, 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 and new things. I imagine she's written a book. We'll talk about that along the line. But Princess is back in town from her gallivanting around the world and graciously agreed to be with us tonight. Princess, good to see you and welcome to Springboard. Thank you very much and thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. It was, it was good to see you at Cape Coast yesterday. It was just a, a, a blast at Cape Coast. I know. I think for me, um, Cape Coast, um, I could just see the expectation and the excitement on the faces of the participants. I was touched by that. It's, it's, it's going to be one of the top top ten things I, I've observed about the country. The expectation of people, the sense of desire. And it's something that when you get to travel around the country, you appreciate much more than when you sit in the comfort of your home, especially right here in the capital. There are very interesting observations that we've made, and I'm going to be sharing them with our publics. But it, it was a fixing finish to what has been a fantastic tour, and it was it's, it's just been great serving our publics with these, these exciting programs. But for you, let's talk about your passion, cycling. When did it start? You know, I've been cycling possibly yeah, since I was three years old. Um, I come from the north, and it's very common, or it's, it's the norm to you know have everyone cycle, women, men, young children. It's just part of our, our culture, I would say. Um, but then I just realized I've been, I'm very interested in cycling. It, it gives me such joy. It's unbelievable. So, so you were born with a bicycle next to the bed. I know. <laughs> we can say that. I was definitely born with a bicycle next to the bed. You know, I always say if you come from, you know, the northern region, um, you know, once you're six months and you're, you're, you're given tools, after the next thing you are taught to do is ride a bicycle. It's, it's, it's very common. I mean, with us, it's, it's the norm. Rites of passage. Tools after first and then cycling second. Correct. Amazing, amazing. So you grew up cycling. I and did. It, it, was, it, was, it was no big deal because everybody else did. Exactly. When did you begin to think about cycling becoming something more than just the normal routine, a travel, a means of travel in the part of the world where you grew up? When did you begin to think about something more than just a means of transport? Well, I think growing up as well, I got immersed into, you know, people who are doing fascinating things around the world as travelers. So some actually maybe walk around the world, you know, or some travel by road only. Um, and I thought, what can, what medium can I also use? And, and I decided that, well, I, I know how to cycle. Um, and, uh, you know, cycling is a means of transport. It's two wheels, albeit quite, you know, slower than a car, but cycling definitely gets you from point A to B. So I think for me, it was maybe in my early 20s when I decided I could actually use cycling, you know, to, to travel. So roll back a little. When you were, when you were younger, you, you say you're fascinated by people doing amazing things. Was it, the, was it something you got from school, from your readings, or somebody introduced you to it? Was it, was it something that a parent, a mentor introduced you to? How did you latch onto that, that, that kind of craze, as a word, for lack of a better word? Well, I loved geography, you know, and for me, just learning about the different, you know, countries we have in the world fascinated me. So in school, I took geography seriously. But as a kid, we, we used to go to a library three times a week. And um, the library books I stumbled upon, um, I, you know, I started reading about people like Marco Polo, um, Ibn Battuta. Ibn Battuta is the first African explorer. Um, he actually traveled all, th you know, getting up as far as Goa in India. 
Um, and so people like that just fascinated me. I, I wanted to understand what motivated them. And think about it. All those years, I mean, it would, it would actually take somebody as much as Marco Polo, for example, it took him 20 years to you know get from point A to point B because they were sailing um, they didn't have any modern equipment so they were we can say just moving by the wind but I mean I think I was fascinated by the mindset of how a person can begin knowing they have a destination but you know knowing that it would be such a rough journey and, and some some of the explorers actually died um, so for me, that that was the fascination reading these um, stories in, in books. Let's, the talk, let's talk about your first project, and so your first, the one that brought you to Ghana's attention and the world by extension, was the trip from Accra to to Tamale to raise money to build a school. How did it come about? What, what was the motivation, and and and, and how did you set out on, on the journey? Well. I am very passionate about the underprivileged and education for me is, is, is a focus because I, I know without a shadow of doubt that education can really, you know, has the capacity to change our destinies. Um, so for me, I thought let's, let's, let's build a primary school. Let's, let's focus on education, um, for the, the underprivileged. And I visited a school which had, you know, no classrooms. It had teachers were being paid by the Ghana Education Service, but had no classrooms. And I decided to, to partner with that school and, and, and give them um, classrooms. So I thought, what could I use? What which, which medium? was this? This was in, in, in Tamale. The first school the PUH Foundation built was um, Nuriman Primary School. So I, I started to think. And like everything else, you, you have to think um, deeply, especially thinking about what you have, in, you know, that you are going to use to achieve what you want to get. Um, so I decided to use cycling because cycling, it's tough, but it's its a passion of mine. So I thought I could use cycling to, to create, use this as a platform to create that awareness and raise funds. So let's build a bridge. You set off to ride from Accra to Tamale. How... Um had you done anything close to that before? You know, I'd been training for one year um, for that. Um, so I would do 50 kilometers, you know, 100 kilometers. And as part of my training, I pe, remember... Pe. Well, per week. But it increased, you know, some weeks I could I could cycle about 150 kilometers. Um, but I, I remember as part of my training... Um, I actually went to Akosombo. I did a ride from Tema to Akosombo, which was 70 kilometers. And I remember so well, I was so tired, I actually got in a, a vehicle back. Um, but the next time, I actually went to Akosombo and returned on the bicycle. Um, and then I started... How long did it take you? Well, it's, it's, it took me about eight hours. So one day? Correct. And that's a distance of approximately? 140 kilometers. Right, so you're riding 140k a day. Yes. Right. I could ride 140k a day. A significant improvement. Well, yes. It's <laughs> a right. significant improvement. And I also did a ride from Accra to Elmina. That was also for a day. Um, so that's how I trained myself just to be in the right frame of mind um, and also, you know, with the right um, body uh, pace to be able to do that. The distance from Accra to Tamale is approximately? 650 kilometers. 650 kilometers. And you set off to ride it. 
just I, to pursue your passion. I know. I mean, initially, I remember thinking I knew I could do it without a shadow of doubt. Because, like we know, anything you set out to do, though, you, you've got to win in your mind first. It's more of an attitude. So I knew I could do it, um, but I didn't actually think um, I, I I would go through so much pain. I think that's just what I, I, I did. But I knew I could do it. I knew I could do it because I had set my mind to do it. And I thought, worst case scenario, I actually wanted to ride in five days. But I said to myself, well, worst case scenario, ride in ten. Or, you know, just go slower than expected. And how long did it take you? It took me six days. Six days from here to the... <laughs> That's like taking the OA transport and the, the VIP both work from them. Six days from here to Tamale. Correct. How did you feel on the road? Very tough. Um, well, at the time, that was my toughest experience. Um, it was really tough. Very, very tough. Let's talk about the risks involved in making that kind of journey, hitting the road. We don't have very good um, pavements, marked out roads with, with parts where the, 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 the cyclists... Um, the cyclists can ride safely and so on. Did, did you have some difficult moments, some risks, some bumps here and there? Um, well, I think that basically I, I would say, you know, the road users of the time just respected me because I think just seeing, you know, me on a bike, they were so fascinated that most of them would, would get in the middle of the road to actually give me the opportunity um, to pass. But like all things, you, you have to embrace these you know things with, with without fear because if if you are afraid that you'll be knocked down then i think you are you know once you, you once you think about something it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy right so yeah you know about the risks but you know you're just you're, you're careful and my coach trained me to ride in such a manner that i i would say that i have eyes you know at the back of my head um literally i can i know what kind of a vehicle is approaching i know how big it is i know if it's it's a car, if it's an articulator, if it's a truck, or things like that. So I was just careful. Let's talk about a coach. What does a cycling coach do? Wow, a cycling coach does a lot. <laughs> he trains you to ride, um, helps you to improve your speed, right. because he's he's a fantastic cyclist as well. Um, and then he he just he, he puts you in that frame of mind, you know, to think you know like a professional cycler or a winner so that for me that's what uh, my coach you actually went out of your way to get a coach to ride exactly on, on and he like. builds your endurance because sometimes when i'm riding he just keeps screaming you know you can do it quick quick follow me keep coming keep coming um so that that's what a cycling coach does are you still using the same coach i am i so, am so who's the coach tell us about the coach oh, well my coach is newton newton yeso he's actually a professional cyclist and he usually takes part in the in the cowbell um tour around the country right yeah so i'm, I'm just imagining you trying to picture you riding on, on the road how big was the party your team we were we were five we right. were five we were five so my coach and myself and then the camera crew in 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 a, in a vehicle following do it right do it do it do it they, they were comfortably riding on the seated bus. in a vehicle it's 21 minutes past the hour of seven and if you just joined us this is the voice of princess umul hatia ibrahim mahama walking us through her experience as a cyclist and a passionate person using a course to to change the world. We just returned from the grand finale of the Springboard Race Show in Cape Coast yesterday. I, I had the privilege of doing a session with her 
on, on, on talent development as a platform for entrepreneurship. And we're just hanging out, sharing some thoughts about how she has used her talent to build a brand and also to solve a problem or, or, or solving problems as she goes along. And that's the discussion we're having tonight on Springboard, your virtual university. Princess, let's talk about post Tamale. So you built the school and decided, okay, this time I'll go around the world. Yes, um, because like I said initially, um, I you know people like Marco Polo, even Batuta, fascinated me. So it, this actually happened in two o six when I I met um, a Japanese um, lady. I met her actually on a on a coach on an STC coach on route to Wagadugu, and she had actually travel through West Africa. I was I was really interested, you know, in how she did it. You know, she walked me through and then I decided that well, I think I also want to, you know, ex- have this experience since I'm African and, you know, she's definitely more conspicuous than I am, but if she was was brave enough, you know, to to come traveling by herself, I was challenged. So the next year in 2007, I decided to embark on a on a trip from West Africa to North Africa, and I did that by road. Right. So you wanted to push beyond just cycling to to travel to different countries. Exactly. To travel to different countries. Tell us about this new target of traveling around around the world. What, how did it come about? I think for me, and and this, I've actually written a whole you know chapter about this in 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 my new book, which is coming up, which we'll talk about. Right. But I mean, travel is more like a master's degree in disguise. You know, when you travel, you you learn so much, you grow, you become, you understand, and um, travel also toughens you. So after my first experience, I was I I was awed by it, and I decided um, to come up with this grand plan of wanting to see every single country in the world um, within 10 years. Right. So a decade of travel. Yes, a decade of travel. Right. How do you, okay, so you want to see how many countries are in the world, by the way? Well, 197 by the United Nations standards, but... When you start adding the Kosovo's and the... (laughs) (laughs) And the islands and the disputed territories, you know, they're a bit more than that. Maybe up to 230. Right. You wanted to travel to every single one of them? Yes. By what means? Well, it, it'll be a combination, you know, a combination of all. You know, if I could cycle, if I could fly, if I could go by road, if I could go by train. Um, yeah. So, it's so, a so far, are you actually combining? Well, I am. Because I, I, I remember so well with my trip to Asia. Um, that was in 2010. I visited four countries at the time. The plan then was to travel, to, to go by road, to fly to go by train and to go by the sea and I achieved all of that wow 25 minutes past the hour of 7 if, if you just tuned in this is Springboard Virtual University we are navigating our way from Tamale to New Zealand and my guest is Princess Umu Hatia we are trying to find out how this this passion about traveling began and what she has done with it and I'm going to find out about cash how you financed your dream but let's talk about which countries have you visited so far? Tell us some of the countries and the, pe- the peculiarities of some of those countries. I've visited Japan. Um, I love, I visited Osaka and Tokyo. I love, I love Japan. And I can tell you, Albert, Japan is a very expensive country. And, I, and I'll say this um, publicly. 
currently, um, well, the most expensive countries range between, are normally between Switzerland, um, Norway, and Japan. And every year, e e either one of them, you know, is the top. Like now, rotation. Exactly. And I remember staying in a place in Osaka where the, 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 the showers were coin operated. So you had to get a coin and buy for, I, I think it was maybe about five, dollars or more and that was for five minutes so you buy the water to really? bath yes and you put the coin in it immediately you slow the coin in then the water starts running and there's there was a time there's a timer there so when you know when it's for you know 455 or you know that your money's running and the water will literally stop until you add when more the soap coins starts all over you exactly <laughs> wow so uh, yes I, I love japan i've been to switzerland i love switzerland i love zurich I've been to Austria. Um, I I really really love um, Austria. I have been to Egypt. I'm I'm awed by Egypt. I have been to Morocco. I love Morocco very much as well. I've been to Canada, and I can say, um, I think currently Canada is my favorite country in the world. Why? The people, the Canadians, you know, I talk extensively about this in the Mad Duck. They are so warm. They'll talk to a stranger. They would help you. They'll ask you where you're going. They'll want to show you around. You know, and people you just meet on the street. They're connected to the African EU. Oh, yes. Definitely resonates. America's yes. South America, did you? I haven't been yet. So that's that's one the of next the plans. Project. Yes. I haven't right. been to South America. How many countries have you done so far? I've been to 34 countries on five continents. Right. Right. Yes. Australia? Yes, I've been to Australia and New Zealand. Um, in Australia, I've been to Sydney, I've been to Melbourne, I've been to Canberra, which is the capital. Right. And in New Zealand, I've been to Auckland. Which country gave you, scared you the most? <laughs> when you say scare, how do you mean? Various ways. Um, well, none. I, w I wouldn't say any country has scared me. Um, because you, you know, you just do the right thing. Culture shock. Mauritania. What about them? Wow, <laughs> it's a, it's a country. You know, it's it's a lot of it's a desert, um, but it's there's just such segregation. You know, I, I'll still say, and it's very closed. Uh, Mauritania is generally a, a closed country. I don't personally know anyone, you know, who's been to Mauritania. Do you know anyone who's been to Mauritania, Albert? Not yet. So maybe we can we we can find out you know how many people have been to Mauritania. So that that gave me a culture shock. Right. Yeah. It's twenty eight minutes past the hour of seven o'clock. This is Springboard Virtual University. My guest is Princess Atia. You're walking through her her life, her travels, and the lessons. Let's talk about the person who set out with this agenda, and the person who you are today. The lessons that you have you, you've garnered along the way. For, for many people, they hear this and it's like it's a fascinating story. Whoa, get to travel, get to get to see the world. I wish I wish I had the opportunity that you, you, you have. Let's talk about setbacks. Mm -hmm. So a cyclist trying to live out a dream. Have you had setbacks? Oh, my God. I mean, setbacks are a normal part of life. I think any dream you want to achieve, you would have such um, setbacks. So for, this, for cycling, for example, I've fallen down and broken my right arm. Really? Yes. Nothing, not, not, <laughs> nothing comes on a silver platter of it. Um, and, yes, yeah, setbacks, you get into a country and your expectations don't really match 
um, you know, while you're there, or you're traveling and your cash strapped. So these are all setbacks I've so had. What do you do in a situation like that when you're cash strapped? Do you, do you sing for a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> you raise funds in the church. What do you do? In a strange, a strange, a strange country, what do you do? Last thing you know, you send a text home for a couple of Somebody send you money or what? I remember this so well. I was. Um, I was somewhere in Europe, and I'd run out of money. And my sister was actually supposed to send me money on this particular day, but she she, she didn't get my emails and my pleas for my my desperate pleas for help. So I was so hungry um, at nights that I actually just approached somebody and asked them, you know, if they'll buy me food. But these are things you learn and and pick up as 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 you travel. Um, you just you you learn to think solutions. Um, you and, and travelers in a travelers world, we we generally tend to help um, one another. So you you speak to so many people, you'll be turned down, but somebody would have sympathy, and you know offer you maybe food or shelter. Wow, and you enjoy all all that is part of the experience. I love it. I couldn't live without travel. I mean, for me, I would I would die without it. Ooh. <laughs> Do you get scared sometimes? Do you fear? What are your fears as a traveler, as a cyclist, when you do the things you do? Have you have you lived with fear? You know, I came to realize a long time ago that fear is, is part of life. Um, you, you're normally afraid of something you haven't done before, but you have to manage fear. And you actually have to live, you know, thinking positively or thinking faith all the time. Because when you think faith, you have no room for fear or doubts. So I have fears like everybody else because I'm a parent. You know, you're, you're thinking, you know, you hope this you know, trip will be smooth, you come back home to your family. But you, you have to live. You know, if you want to live by your fears, you, 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 would, you would not live. You'd be walking, but you would be dead. So I have fears, but right. I, I, I just, I, I, I don't dwell on them. Right. So you fear for your safety, but you don't focus on it. Exactly. Let's talk about family. Do, do you carry them in your heart? Do you carry them with you when you cycle out there? Do you, do you ride a, a, do you ride at night? No, I don't ride at night. Right. I, I don't ride at night. I, I make sure that whether I'm right, I'm, you know, by 6 p.m. generally, I finished for the day. You have the backing of your family? I do, I do, I do, I do. My family is excited. Did you write as well? Well, currently, no, not yet. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to train them um, very soon to be riding. I think for for my family, we we're, we're, we're now into marathons. Maybe I'll um, touch a bit on that. But you, we, you run? we yes, Tell we're about running. Yes, <laughs> we 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 have plans of last year. We actually ran the Miller Marathon. I ran the Miller Marathon with all my children. Um, How many of them? Do you, are you ready for this? <laughs> talk to me. Talk to me. I have six children. You're serious. I am. You're not. I am, yeah, I am. I'll visit your home. <laughs> Please do. You're welcome. Right. So you ran the middle marathon with the children. I did. What was the objective? Well, just we wanted to run and experience um, the, the... We just wanted to experience marathon running. Did so we trained. We did. We absolutely loved it. And I think for us, even as a family, we, we went in there just to have fun. But one thing I noticed was that a lot of the children who were running were running without shoes. Right. So this year, we have a huge plan coming up where we, we want to do some running to raise funds and buy trainers for some kids and also create the awareness. When I come back from musical break, I'm going to find out about about your book, your new book, The Mad Duck, and why the title. But, but let's talk about fundraising. How do you get to get to get sponsors to back your project? Do you, do you sell the project to them? Do you, do you 
do you find that organizations are fascinated by the things that you do? Yes, yes. Organizations are definitely fascinated by the things that I do. And most organizations are interested in um, funding educational projects. But they're also looking for credible organizations. Right. Because, you know, for, for a while, we, we th- there were so many NGOs springing up. Um, and I think... Um, the organizations are generally looking for credible um, NGOs to fund. So, and we have proven, you know, with our track record, because currently the PUH Foundation has built six, pri- um, sorry, three um, primary schools. <clears throat> so, with that credibility, they're interested. They, you know, they know that we we, we put our, our money where our mouth is. They know we keep our word. So that's what they're looking for. Are they in the same region? No, no, no. You know, generally corporate Ghana. I mean, the, um, the schools you built. Yes, yes. The schools are all in the northern region. Right. That's your area of focus. Not really. For the, now. No, the area of focus is um, um, generally Ghana, but we just happen to have built the, the, the school. Yes, in those regions. Right. I'm going to find out from you what do you want to be in the next 10 years? The, the next 10 years of Princess Umuhatia. Give us a peek, a sneak preview into the next 10 years of your life. What will you be doing? I don't think you can handle it, Alvin. <laughs> no. Well, in the next ten years, wow! Next ten years, I would definitely have seen every country in the world. Um, I would have written many more books. With the foundation, would have built many more schools. Would have impacted many, many more lives. Um, yeah. So these are some of the things. I like the light in your eyes when you talk about your dreams. I know. We're talking about adventure. We're talking about fun. We're talking about life and transforming our world. So, let's talk about the Mad Duck. You wrote this book called The Mad Duck. Yes. Sorry about that. Your microphone? Okay, let's, let's talk about The Mad Duck. What, what, what inspired the title? You know, ducks normally swim, um, but the, 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 the Mad Duck is actually a duck skiing, and is skiing excitedly. So, I mean, what inspired the title was being different, you know, getting, you know, being out of the box. Have you always been a deviant? <laughs> What do you mean by deviant? <laughs> different, different from the, everybody around. <laughs> well, yes, very different. You enjoy it. I, I love it. Were you I, called a tomboy when you were in school? Yes, I was. I was. Did you I, find it offensive? No, you know, okay. I used to, I used to play football. You know, I stopped playing football maybe after around the age of ten. But you know, before then, I, I used to enjoy playing football. So, what does the mad duck explore? Wow, the Mad Duck is actually a book um, about how to live your best life because I get asked these questions all the time. You know, how do you get to do what you do, and how do you balance, you know, family and work and career and travel, and you know, how do you live the way you do? So it's basically a book to um, explain to people, you know, how how to how to live your dreams. So in the Mad Duck, I talk about. You know how to plan. You know how to write out your goals. How to live excitedly. You know that's that's what. I presume that you weave them around your personal experiences. Yes, well. yes, I weave them around my personal. And obviously, it's very travel centered. Right. I share experiences from around the world. Right. Yes. Our, our, our listeners love stories, and I'm sure that they'll find the book quite exciting. When, when do you intend to come out with this book? Well, the book is going to be launched on the second of April. Um, yeah, and it would be available in bookstores around the country. How does it feel to have finally done it? Oh, is yes. It's your first book. It's my first book. So the baby's born now. Oh, wow. um, I'm very excited about it because I spent one year writing it. 
Um, I, I wrote every day for three hours minimum. Um, so I'm very excited about this. I'm very, and it answers so many questions I'm asked. For example, how to set up a business? How do you, how, um, how can you be happy at all times? How would you live your purpose? How to raise happy children? Um, just how to pursue your dreams. Right. If somebody has to ask you the top three, top three keys that you've garnered, not necessarily from the book. I'm sure they will be in the book all right. But if somebody were to ask you the top three keys, because there are several people who cycle, there are several people who have talents. Not all of them get to come to the global attention. Not all of them get to live out their dreams. If somebody caught you for just half a minute and said to you, share with me three of the keys that have defined your rise, what would they be? Well, it will be purpose. The first thing, you know, it has to be purpose. You have to know why you are you are here, and and what you've been sent to do. So I think that's the first thing. Because purpose for me is the undergirding, is the foundation. I would say, and everything else is built on that. The second thing I would say is practice. You have to practice whatever your your purpose is. You have to hone your skills, your talents. Right. And you have to practice for a long period of time because I've been traveling for the last seven years. Wow. I've been traveling for seven years. I've just been practicing that. And I would say you have to persevere because the, you know trials are, an, are a part of life. It's an everyday occurrence. Um, you really have to persevere. You know, those those who who don't need to persevere are those who are six feet under. Um, because, child, I mean, once you're six feet under, you, you don't have any human challenges. You have other challenges, possibly, but um, not human. So you have to persevere because tough times will come. I mean, it's an everyday occurrence, so you must persevere. Purpose, practice, and perseverance. Top three keys for success. So whatever you're doing in your life, whatever you are involved with, these are Princess's top three keys for success in any field of endeavor. If you have learned your own lessons, I'm going to open the phone lines very shortly for you to also share your own observations and ask Princess a question, if you may, about how she got to use her talent to rise all the way to the top. But I promise you something, that after six weeks of travel, Touring literally, not, not not in the same way that Princess did, not 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 cycling, but six weeks of travel over a distance of almost six thousand kilometers, working with a twenty-person crew because it's both male and female, and traveling over five with over five hundred volunteers cumulatively from different regions, total of about five hundred volunteers, and traveling to all ten regions in Ghana from the first of of February to the 15th of March. Here are my top 10 lessons garnered about Ghana. Top 10 lessons after touring Ghana with Springboard. I may want to call it a book. My top 10 lessons about Ghana after touring on Springboard 2014. These are the top 10. Number one, Ghana is a beautiful country. Beautiful country. No matter what you say to me, I've seen pristine beaches. I've seen lovely scenes. Depending on what you are looking at, this country is beautiful. And if you're looking for beauty, you will find it. I mean, awesome sights, the Atlantic Ocean from from Takrade, from Elmina, who overlooking the Daklu Mountains at dawn, and then the night sky. Beautiful country. And domestic tourism is one thing that we should promote. But Ghana is a beautiful country, it's number one. Number two, Ghana is not Accra. If you sit in the capital and think that you have a full perspective of all that this country is about, you could end up being extremely disappointed. There is much more to Ghana than what happens in Accra. And 
travel and see. That's what they see. When you get to travel, you will appreciate the beauty of the country and as well the different angles and perspectives that you will find in the different capitals and different towns and cities in this country. The third thing is that there are regional nuances. Each region has its own peculiarities, and there is a certain, a certain. I don't want to use the word persona, but outlook. There's a certain lifestyle about the people of Sunyani that's a combination of the way the place is serene, it's quiet, it's calm. It reflects in their their lifestyle and their attitude. You cross over to Ho and it's very different. I can tell you, for instance, that the Springboard event where people are, are so copious is Kepkus because they write notes more than every other city. Whole, the whole audience is the most excited audience every single year back to back. The tardy audience is the one that they would come, they would come in their numbers and they would averagely be five years older than every other city. And these are observations made over time. There are peculiarities about every region and you will notice them when you travel. Number four, this is very important. Emerging leaders are preparing. For all those who keep saying the young people of this generation they are not serious, they, they, they don't know how to speak English, you, you, we look at their faults, but what we forget is that there's a critical mass of emerging talents, emerging leaders who are building themselves up and preparing for the future. That number is growing and is consistent. And this observation was made by Professor Ajimamedu Akosa. As Takradi, he looked at the, 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 the program, the audience, their performance, their seriousness, and he couldn't believe that people could gather for five hours nonstop, just working, writing notes, asking questions, engaging the issues. And that was very impressive for him. So imagine leaders are preparing. Number five, entrepreneurship, career, and investment need to be taught from primary school. I have a, pers a personal crusade that when we say these themes should be explored at the university level, we are way behind. I insist that it's not even at the secondary level. We must start teaching entrepreneurship, career development and investment at the primary level, class one. We must start teaching our children about these three themes. Number six. The most pressing need, we used to have, I mean, we've had breakout sessions around the whole country, and people have the option of choosing one of the three thematic areas under repositioning. The, th the three were always entrepreneurship, career, and investment. And for all 10 regions, the number one thematic area or the number one pillar that drew the biggest crowds was entrepreneurship. And that speaks to the fact that people are curious about how to start ventures and how to build their own businesses. And as a nation, we must turn our attention on enabling that platform and creating opportunity in that area. Number seven, the quality of questions being asked by our young people is absolutely amazing. They are placing demands on us. They are asking the questions that we did not ask. They are exploring and at this rate, I am very confident that the quality of questions they are asking will open up the world in a very unique way. But I am impressed by the quality of questions that were asked by participants in all the cities. Number eight, parental guidance remains a challenge for people's career development. The most frequently asked question in all 10 regions is the conflict between what your parents want you to do and what you want to do in the pursuit of your passion. And 
for many of our participants, they felt their parents did not understand them and were not even abreast with some of the de developments and opportunities in the economic marketplace and were sometimes trying to constrain, compel, and advise them based on their experiences, even though the world had moved on and new spaces were opening up. And so parental guidance remains a challenge. Number nine, the overwhelming feeling of the current the overwhelming feeling is that the current generation has failed the emerging generation. The emerging generation feels that the current generation of leaders has failed them. And I'm throwing a challenge to leaders at all levels to pay attention to this feeling because when people feel that way for a long time, they begin to explore their options. And so the feeling is that the current generation has failed them. Number 10, it takes very little to make people happy and to give them hope. It doesn't take a lot of money. It doesn't take a lot of resources. It takes genuineness. It takes it takes credibility. It takes creativity. And it takes commitment. And the joy, the excitement, the enthusiasm was infectious around the whole country. And if you look at how much was invested to make it possible, the conclusion is that it takes very little to make people happy and to give them hope. Hope is a commodity. Hope is an enabler. And when people have hope, they keep working, they keep looking forward into the future. If we take away hope, the society will crumble. And so every person who has this country at heart must sell the commodity called hope. And when people have hope, they will keep going on even when there are challenges confronting them. So these are my top 10 lessons uh, about Ghana that I've learned from my travels and i'm going to post them on my facebook in the next couple of minutes but if you also feel that you have your own lessons why not but these are my top 10 ghana is a beautiful country we must promote domestic tourism number two ghana is not accra number three there are peculiarities and nuances with every region number four emerging leaders are preparing number five entrepreneurship career and investment must be taught from primary school number six the most pressing need in all the three, three thematic areas is entrepreneurship. Number seven, the quality of questions being asked by our young generation is absolutely amazing. Number eight, parental guidance remains a challenge because the biggest question that people kept asking, the most frequently asked question, was the conflict between parents' choices and children's choices in terms of career. Number nine, the overwhelming feeling is that the current generation has failed the emerging generation. And number 10, it takes very little to make people happy and to give them hope. Princess, of all these 10, which one touches you the most? Ghana is a beautiful country. Why am I, why am I not surprised? <laughs> you know, I believe in Ghana. I love Ghana. And I can tell you that by, you know, many, many years ago, my early 20s, I'd visited all the 10 regions of Ghana. So I actually explored my own country before I started to explore others. Um, and like you're saying, we, we have to believe in our country. I think this whole idea of, you know, waiting for, say, the Americans or the Europeans, you know, to come to your rescue or come and believe in your country is... It's, 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 it's not right. We have to believe in our country. We are Ghanaians. And yes, you're right. Ghana is a beautiful country, and I love Ghana. I would never live anywhere else, Albert. It's eight minutes to the hour of eight o'clock. If, if you've been queuing at the High Commission and getting bounced five times on the trot, please, princesses, live in Ghana and have fun. Well, Aram, Aram Jeha, you are the winner of my prize that I offered for the Bible verse is Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 14 and that was the verse for the day and so you won 
your you won your prize, and I'm going to send you a copy of the book Five Talent Mentality. Talking of which, next week we're going to talk about how to turn your talent into a business. If you have a talent and you want to create wealth with your talent, next week wherever you find yourself in any part of the world, www.myjoyonline.com. But if you're in Ghana, please 99.7 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. next week. How to turn your talent into a business or how to create wealth with your talent. And so, let's talk. If you want to call into the show and talk about Princess's journey, her book, or any of the 10 commandments I've shared about my lessons from Ghana, the number to call 030-221-6541. 030-221-6541. Call into the show. Let's talk. Um, on a walk with Jesus tonight, the discussion on eschatology continues with the guest being Reverend Dr. Gabriel Ansa of Nassim University, and he'll be joining us to talk about the end time. So, 030-221-6541 is the number to call. Call into the show. Let's talk. Hello. Good evening. Hello, sir. My name is Israel from Nassima. Israel? Israel, Israel. Israel, Israel. What are your thoughts tonight? Do you have a question for Princess yeah, or, or your I, thoughts? I think the one is very much encouraging. I mean, traveling around the world and knowing how the world is, it, 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 it's very motivational to us. And your about Ghana, Ghana is very beautiful. I mean, that's the first point that you give. And I think it's very much beautiful. We have to be proud of ourselves. And that's when our leaders to develop our country for us. And I think it, it, it's much encouraging. Well, thank you very much, Israel. Yeah, 030-221-6541 Are you fascinated by any of my 10 commandments or my 10 observations about Ghana? Call into the show, let's talk. Are you fascinated by a woman who chooses to be a cyclist and travel around the world and has done 34 countries out of over 200 and counting and wants to do that in a decade? 030-221-6541 Hello, good evening. Hello. Kindly turn down the volume and radio set... Mohammed, your name, of course, sorry about that. Mohammed, your, your thoughts, please. Yes, uh, I like the part about fear being a part of life. Fear. And yes, you know, when, when Princess was speaking. Right. I just wanted to get her idea, I mean, opinion of how you're able to move beyond the fear and actually do what you want to do. Um, I mean, if, if many times, if you want to do something significant in your life, there, there's that thing that you really have to move beyond, you know, and how you actually do that. I just want to know from her. Right. Princess, an idea about how you move beyond your fears. Look, I think for me, one thing I can say is hang out with people who speak faith, hang out with achievers hang out with people who believe that it can be done because that way you know the voice of fear w would die right Samuel from Osu good evening hello good evening Samuel your thoughts about tonight's discussion please I have a question to ask princess right please I want to know uh, which kind of bicycle she used to train the reason I'm asking this question is that I know in other regions there was a kind of project they were embarking on which they used the, I think, the bamboo to do bicycles. And also, I want to know whether she had seen a parachute to travel before that parachute. No, I haven't. I haven't traveled um, on a parachute before. Um, and I just use a, a, a normal racing bike. 
The guy is asking you to do, use, use a bamboo bike. Wow. <laughs> All right. Let me take the last caller. Hello, good evening. Hello, good evening. Good evening. Your name, where are you calling from, please? My name is Romy. I'm calling from Nungwa. Romy, your thoughts on tonight's discussion? Uh, I'm very, I'm very, very, very much inspired by the lady. I want to wish her well. Thank you very much, for, Romeo. For, for motivating us. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Do you have a dream? Are you planning to yes. live out your dream? Romeo, wish you all pursue your dream and let's talk about your dream next time on Joy 99.7 FM. Let's ask Princess to take us home. Your final thoughts on the show tonight. Well, I'll say um, you've, you have to believe in yourself. You have to get up and run with your dreams. And for more of my more of these and my stories, you can get me on www.theglobetrottingprincess.com. I've got so much information out there as to how you can actually live your dreams as well. So it's, it's www.theglobetrottingprincess.com. Right. Thank you very much, Princess Mohatia. On behalf of my hard-working team here, Comfort the Registrar, Ignatius and Matthew, we wish you well. And we trust that God will keep you and make this a fruitful week for you. Thank you, Princess, for joining us. And we'll be at the book launch on the 2nd of April Correct. to give you our support. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming. So for all, all of you out there, God bless you, God bless you, and God bless you. Good night. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert and E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233 Zero, zero, zero. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, amazon.com, or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember you are blessed indeed. No more searching. The light has come.